Hello and welcome to That's What People Do. We're back with another episode, at this time a documentary episode. I'm James Kay and as always I've got Ryan McGowan with me. How are you Ryan? Hello everyone. Uh, I'm good, I'm good, yes. I mean, um, we've spent about half an hour trying to get to the recording part because I've been trying to buy a PS5 and now I'm upset because I can't get one. Unsuccessfully. Unsuccessfully. Yeah. <laughs> it's been an ordeal and there's been no success at the end of the rainbow, but hey, yeah. we move. Yeah, I'm alright though. You alright? Yeah, I'm fine. Just living in lockdown, lockdown life. Yeah. Every day you wake up and you see new variants, new this, vaccine doesn't work, we're going to be in lockdown for seven years and I'll just, just keep the dread at bay. <laughs> Easier said than done, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, update for everyone. Um, I think on the last episode, I got upset and complained, I think it was a rant of the week, uh, that it hadn't snowed in the southeast of England uh, and mm. snowed everywhere else. This week, we got snow. About four days worth of it. Uh, so I'm very happy. I've been out walking around in the snow. So if anyone was worried, uh, I got snow. All's well that ends well. Yeah. Let's just end the episode there on a happy note. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Uh, this episode, though, rather annoyingly, um, is, well, in my opinion, should be a very, very short one, because uh, there's no conspiracy here, no, she wasn't murdered, uh, and stop having a go at her for having mental health, end of. And I think that should be If it. you're wondering what Ryan is on about, Netflix, uh, on Wednesday, I believe, released a documentary uh, crime scene, the vanishing of Cecil Hotel. I want to say Cecil because I'm English, but it's American, so I'll say Cecil. Ah, oh, can we address that and for a second? Because this... that's absolutely infuriating. In the UK, right? That word is Cecil. In fact, I know yep. somebody called Cecil, and mm-hmm. yet I've heard of this story like for a long time before. Like I, I was just aware of this story for a little while. I follow a bit of true crime before mm-hmm. we even did the podcast, and they call it Cecil. And I've yep, just Cecil. got used to saying Cecil Hotel now, and actually it should be Cecil, but I'm going to call it Cecil because um, yeah, just because it's in it's in it's in the American land, we'll we'll give them the benefit of the doubt on this yeah. one. Yeah, learn how to say Cecil. Yeah. So, long story short, the story is uh, Elisa Lam is a 21 year old Canadian student who is travelling up the west coast of America and she finds herself in LA in the Cecil Hotel mm-hmm. and she vanishes mysteriously and everyone's like what's happened to her where's she gone and then a whole just web of conspiracies and things and media outlets happen but before we get onto the main content I just want to cover the documentary as a whole as a piece of filmmaking Netflix is usually quite good with documentaries this one somewhat underwhelming mm. yeah it could have been two episodes and somehow they managed to get four out of it yeah uh mainly because uh I- i'm assuming most of our listeners have already watched um the documentary we did tell you last week that that's what we were going to do we we're going to talk about it this mm. week so hopefully you're caught up if you're not caught up that's fine just skip episode three it's the most pointless fucking thing in the world Leave it alone. Don't touch it. It's irritating and infuriating as fuck. And there will be a rant of the week based on that purely. All right. Wonderful. Yeah. Can't wait for that. Leave episode three alone. Beautiful. So my notes are in chronological order, not of terms of events, 
but terms of how things are explained in the documentary and then you'll be able to piece together or will be able to piece together the events as they took place yeah because to be honest with you it's all fairly linear as ryan said we could explain to you what happened within the next two minutes and then that would be that but hey here we are mm. so as i've said elise lamb 21 year old student from canada traveling up the u.s february 1st 2013 which for some reason i thought this case would have been a long time ago 2013 yeah she goes missing after arriving in la on the 28th of january and the last time her family heard from her was january 31st which i find weird because whilst i was at uni i would go for weeks without talking to my family and not once did they think i was missing <laughs> yeah no i was the same uh, i think uh the difference is and um, it's shows in the sort of the beginning of the documentary um elisa lamb uh from like vancouver canada very relatively you know popularish uh she's uh, a student at the university of british columbia in vancouver uh she's a prolific social media user she's on tumblr like every single mm. day posting like i never used tumblr I, I when i was a kid tumblr was where all that sort of uh, the scene kids and the goths all sort of hung out. That was their social media. We had MySpace and then everyone else had Tumblr. <laughs> and Tumblr was like the pouring your heart out social media site, which now Facebook is sort of becoming. People just sharing their shit all over it and it's really boring. Mm. But that was Tumblr back then, just venting. Um, but yeah, she's a prolific social media user. And as far as I'm aware, like she's in constant contact with her parents all the time. And that was like... Well, she was travelling alone, so yeah. I'd assume she, they'd want her to be. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, she decided to travel to California on her own to sort of get away. Like, she got that travel bug. Like, most young people get the travel bug. They want to go out and explore the world and whatnot. And she decided yeah. to go to California and explore that. And then I think her condition was that the parents were like, you have to contact us every single day to tell us how you're getting on. And I imagine now, for, for, for good fucking reason, because of, we'll discuss later, her condition... Yeah, absolutely. Which we'll also get onto the fact that maybe it was negligence to let her go. But hey, who am I to shit on the family? So let's talk about the hotel for a second and the history of the hotel because I think this feeds into the conspiracies that will come about Satanism, murderers and all sorts. So Cecil Hotel was... uh, I, I, did, I did have notes somewhere, but I'm having to scroll through. Well, it, it was founded a long, long time ago. No, it, it, in, like, it, 1920s, I believe. Construction finished on the hotel in 1924. Well, there we... Ah, yes, here we are. Yeah. Hotel opens 1924, costing $1 million yeah. at the time. It's now worth $80 million if you're interested. That's insane. It's a very fancy hotel when it opened, and it had 700 rooms, because this was the time where LA was just booming. Everyone was flocking to LA. Yeah, yeah. Is that like... Uh, the streets are paved with gold and if you can make it here you can mm. make it anywhere kind of attitude wasn't it absolutely um, so and then, for, and the, then first, the, great, for the, the first few years of his life it was great wasn't it it was yeah it, it was it was swanky it was to do and then and then yeah. the great depression hit yeah and then everything just went down the pan because obviously america and the rest of the world felt the great depression and it really badly affected the hotel and they then needed to get money as quick as possible, so they then opened the hotel to people who had very little money. Mm. So it was quite a quick turnaround from the types of guests they were having to now the types of guests that they had then. Yeah, it was it was people who were paying two, three dollars a night to get off the streets, and then some of them just stayed there, didn't they? Yeah, they they opened up long term housing, which meant people could pay 
weekly or or monthly rents to to stay there so you've got and sometimes even years people would stay there and it the con- as hotels go if you stay there now i don't know what it's like right now because it's under new management but at the time of elisa lamb disappearing because there was another uh, english couple who were there at the time and they spoke us through what the hotel was like the the foyer and the entrance is very grand it's very nice and then suddenly you end up in the, the corridors in your room and it's just an absolute mm. shit tip like the guy said his Transported feet were like sticking time, to it? the floor yeah yeah it's that was the bit needs a lot of tlc that was a bit for me like and he was saying like, how grand the lobby was and whatnot and he's like you got in the elevator and then you got into the corridors and like where the rooms are and he just, just went back in time and you're like oh yeah yeah it really needs it's a very old. it probably needs knocking down starting again to be fair oh probably yeah um but yeah you end up having generations of people living there so you've got this weird situation where it's a hotel where people go and it's a it's a, it's a place to stay uh whilst you're traveling and exploring an area uh but maybe the room next to you someone lives there and that's their home and they've been there since they were born you know yeah it's absolutely a weird situation. and the hotel it's situated in downtown la i've never been to downtown la but it's situated in a place called skid row Fuck if you're yeah. american you probably know of this and I, I i'd heard of skid row before but in case you're unaware skid row it's, it's an interesting history Shit it's to put it bluntly yeah it's there's a lot of homelessness um people will openly sell drugs on the street there's murders rapes people go vanishing every day it's what happened i forget the decade it happened but the police blockaded it in and no one was allowed out and like not many people were allowed in basically they had a homeless problem and they put them in this area and went well you can stay in here we'll just let you do whatever you want in here it's lawless but you can't come out to the rest of la yeah which is pretty fucked the homeless situation there is is it's actually a tragedy like mm. when you think of like and, and i think uh, this is true of other like nations maybe not just our own but when i think of and when brits maybe think of la uh, yeah. as, as Amer- america as a whole really you've got like the east coast and the west coast maybe a bit of the southern states are like relatively nice oh that's kind of cool we'll go visit there Middle America, you kind of stay away from that Bible Belt area. But what we think of when we think of New York and LA, California, etc., we literally think of the and Hollywood peddles this like the streets are paved with gold. If you can make it here, mm. you can make it anywhere. Uh, the American dream, all that sort of stuff. That's what we picture and what we imagine. And what the two British tourists who stay at the Cecil Hotel, that's what they pictured as well. And then they were yeah. like, "Oh, we like we like to go out walking." And they literally, they went out walking for about 10 minutes and they were like, there's more homeless people here than there are actual people. Mm. Um, and it just turns out that it, it maybe it's a bit of a myth that, you know, Hollywood, LA, it's such a nice area or whatnot. It, it, I, I really don't understand how there's such a homeless epidemic and around that area. It baffles me. Um, one of our mutual friends, Mike, lived in LA for a, a long time period well a few years of his life seven and years he was there wasn't he yeah he said it was an absolute shithole but he loved it and he had a great time but <laughs> yeah. it was a shithole hmm. yeah the streets yeah. aren't paved with gold maybe new york's a little bit different because it's such a well i imagine new york and london are very similar i've heard that new york and london are quite like, similar there are homeless people but as bad as it sounds they kind of just blend into the background yeah also i don't know about Whereas, you, but like downtown Skid- if something's labeled downtown i'm not going there I, yeah i, I, I suppose i suppose their downtown is our east london 
Yeah, probably. But yeah, you'd be like, oh, I was going to head like downtown LA. And you're like, oh, you don't even have a name for it. It's just that area that you go to downtown. It just doesn't seem very nice. It's not somewhere yeah. I'd want to go. Um, no, not at all. The next Super Bowl is at the SoFi Stadium in LA, held at LA Rams' uh, home. So that's mm. next year in 2022. So I now know if I go to LA to watch the Super Bowl next year, not to go don't to downtown, downtown LA. Don't go there. out a little bit more money and. But yeah. I think they're trying to gentrify it, aren't they? So apparently so. Yeah, like Stratford in London now is. Uh, uh, they, oh. they keep, it, the joke is it's up and coming. It's still a massive shithole because I I yeah. basically lived there when I when I lived in London and yeah it's got a really nice shopping centre. You'll probably mm. still get harassed while you're there. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's up and coming, James. It's up and coming. Mm. Where I lived in uh, Ilford, awful area, don't ever stay there. We used to come out of our flat to walk to the train station every morning for work and there'd be police tape around. My friend saw someone get put through a bus stop. Like It all happens. Um, I remember I wanted a McDonald's after getting off the train one night and there was a road that I'd never been down. I thought, this looks like a, a shortcut to the high street, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to venture down there and see where it leads yeah. me. And I went down this road and... I shit you not, there was just mattresses just lining the side of the road with loads uh, of homeless people sleeping on them. And uh, it was dark, and I was looking around going, hmm, I'm potentially in trouble here. But then I yeah. just thought to myself, I'm also quite hungry, and I don't want to seem like a pussy, so I'm just going to carry on. And I just carried on walking, and there was these, like, two big guys walking in front of me, like, going in the same direction I was. And I sort of hurried up and caught up to them. So I was kind of, like, walking with them, but not walking with them. Hmm. So I was like, within distance of if someone tries to do anything, I can be like, fellas, a little help. Mm. Yeah, it was. It was. A, I, I, I remember walking down because it was like literally a stone's throw from where I lived. I was like, I've never known this was here. Like, I'm fully aware that every time I got off the train, there was gangs around the train station. Like, this was just something I was used to. The weirdly, mm. I never got bothered. My friend got followed a lot. But I never got bothered. And I think it's because I always just have my hood up, headphones in. If someone tried talking to me, I'd just... Completely ignore them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every, everywhere has its dodgy areas, uh, and and I mean, certainly where I live in my part of Essex, there's some dodgy areas. Uh, arguably, I live in one, but um, yeah, it turns out even LA has a dodgy area. Yeah, but yeah, it, and it's really, really dodgy. Skid Row is. Uh, don't go there. It looks mm-hmm. just because when people got released from prison or mental institutions, they would literally be dropped off in Skid Row and they'd be like, "See ya." Yeah, that's the bit that shocked me when they said that that like people straight from prison they just get dropped off in Skid Row, and then that's why like the Cecil Hotel became a place to stay for a lot of people because it's just so cheap. Yeah, absolutely, and also I don't want to link being poor to crime, but there is generally uh, rich people do crime as well but they just don't get caught because the system's corrupt but yeah. generally in the hotel there would be murderers staying there there would be rapists uh, people would die in the hotel I believe the hotel manager we'll talk about in a little bit said that while she was working there there was at least 80 deaths oh, um, yeah. and also there was serial killers that hung out there I think the most famous probably being Richard Ramirez the night stalker mm. yeah. who said he felt at home there which i think gives you a general idea of what this hotel is that's fascinating the fact that like richard ramirez is 
he's gone out he's done these awful crimes if you've watched the nice stalker documentary on netflix i i I would argue it's a better one than what we're talking about today Mm. uh it's but i just think it's better made um but the fact that he would do his crimes and then he's staying at the cecil hotel like he's going back there covered it as as someone said when they were describing it, he'd literally go back there with like still blood on him just walking around in his underpants and people just ignored it they just looked like they're like okay because everyone was just getting on with their own business yeah so that's the general gist of the hotel and this has been happening for years so obviously people thought there was satanic stuff happening there and it was all haunted and what have you and mm. this was the hotel where a 21 year old student female student traveling alone found herself because it was a cheap room yeah not really an ideal place for a young woman to be alone mm. so on the fir- february 1st she's reported missing no one knows where she's gone and obviously police swarm the scene there's about 18 detectives i think that get involved straight away because they're just desperate to know what happened to her they check her room there was no sign of forced entry there's Mm -hmm. no sign of any um illegal drugs which would have been readily available around the fucking corner Mm. and she was supposed to check out that day and then she didn't maybe that's how she got reported missing and all of her personal belongings are still in the room. It doesn't look like there's any foul play whatsoever. Mm. Which is what people will come and suspect at some point. And the last time anyone saw her, employees say they saw her in uh, an area where staff only were allowed in. And they told her to leave. And she left. Yeah. And that was the last time anyone saw her visibly in person. So yeah. I- the the LAPD seem to have responded in force uh, to Elisa's um, disappearance. I think there's mm. something in that. I think there's something to do with her being a tourist. I think is the main issue, like no, issue, the main reason as to why they responded in force. Because I think mm. how bad it looks from a tourist perspective. They're like you know, travellers on their own can't come to LA without getting kidnapped or hurt or injured yeah. or missing. You know what I mean? Like I think I think that's why they responded so quickly. Uh, and in such yeah. force and then obviously the longer it goes on they're like yeah i mean we tried <laughs> yeah because other people go missing on skid row every day but unfortunately they're homeless and therefore the police won't really give a shit mm, yeah because i mean they were searching quite relentlessly for like what two weeks or something and then uh something happened wasn't it um uh, uh, an ex lapd officer had started firing on other yes, people uh, and officers isn't it I forgot his first name, but it's Dorna, the Dorna case. I've completely forgot his first name. Mm. An ex-LA police officer um, went on a bit of a rampage killing other LAPD officers and 18 detectives on the Elisa Lam case went down to four because everyone else was off researching that and trying to take down Dorna, which, fair play. If he's out killing cops, you want to nip that in the bud fairly quickly. Yeah, and so then their, um, their, their search initially in the hotel... Uh, they they didn't they they got sniffer dogs didn't they? Yeah, and the sniffer dogs picked up her scent in her room. Obviously, yep. it led them down a corridor to a window with a fire escape, and that is where the, the scent, scent stops, goes cold. Yeah, and yeah. then and then they and think, then, oh, okay, maybe the roof. We'll try the roof. Mm. And the sniffer dogs don't really find anything on the roof. They don't. Nothing. Nothing really is found. Mm. Mm. And this, so everyone's th- like. Where's she gone? And that's and that's the thing about this. Obviously, most people have seen the video, the famous video online. They know how how this story ends, but naturally, because it's a documentary, mm. it has to like have a narrative and it wants to 
portray yeah. a story. So we, we're, we're witnessing via the police helicopter, uh, the police sort of looking at the roof and having a good old butchers with their dog and whatnot. And we know, we know what's going on. And they, we know where she is. We know where she is, and and that the officers are wandering around the roof, having a look. The sniffer dogs can't find anything on the roof here and now, and it's so frustrating because you know where she is. We mm. know, and the officers themselves are like, we didn't find nothing. She's like, there's nothing up here. Uh, and I remember yeah. when I watched it, I thought, how infuriating! Like, it, it's so obvious. But then after I, I, I had to stop and really think myself, if I was one of those officers on the roof, would I? have thought to look where she was and i don't exactly, think i would i would not i would not in, have thought that in the in the last episode the i think the main detective says and he gets quite emotional yeah being like it was just an oversight we just didn't look yeah, yeah. and it was just it was just a mistake a simple mistake just extended the uh investigation a lot longer than it should have been mm, that's yeah. not saying she would have been found alive she no. was dead at this point yeah but they would have found it and given family closure and also, it would have stopped all the social media knobheads that get jump on in a, in oh, a little bit. Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, uh, yeah. So, so uh, they've looked around the hotel. They've had an actual physical search. Uh, the hotel manager, she's allowed them to have a good old look, like look in almost every single room, every cupboard, everything. Um, should we take a second to talk about the hotel manager? Yeah, she's a. I'd say a woman in her early 40s I would say now I yeah. want to say yeah she explained that when she took on the job she had no hoteling experience which to me the second she said that I was like why the fuck are you fired as a hotel manager then that just seems like very poor hiring but hey <laughs> yeah but but it was the Cecil Hotel uh, and from what we know yeah, of the Cecil Hotel in its Biden. history it's not very well managed it's not really like a thing that whoever owned it at the time was necessarily bothered about it was just something that was still generating money and someone needed to be there yeah. to just keep it running so she was brought in with new management to really spruce it up and make it a lot more financially viable. And she said on like the sixth day she was there, um, she had to call the police because someone was dead in their room. Yeah. And she had to call the police so many times while working there because things just happened. You never know what was going to happen. Mm. And they realised very quickly that the issue they had is they had tourists coming to stay there and then they also had the, the residents. Mm-hmm. And they needed to try and find a way to separate these two because it was really damaging business because the fact that tourists could then be mingling with drug users and murderers and yeah. and what have you ex-convicts so they separate the hotel in two they have the Cecil hotel for the residents and then they have stay on main for the tourists and stay on main is a different entrance to the side and it's all really quirky it's orange it looks really vibrant like oh my god young travelers come stay here cheap rooms and, I must and they say, separate it so you can keep them separate i must say having and now having stayed at uh, some hostels particularly uh, around europe uh within the last year as well when i've had a few travels i've stayed in some hostels that are like hotels uh they've got like a hotel vibe but they are a hostel um it it felt and looked like that and it it it, it was similar to that for me and my experience and uh, do you know what i was looking at it and i thought do you know what? it doesn't look too bad it looks okay like uh the the sign looks you know very what you would imagine a hostel hotel thing looking like um the lobby the lobby slash foyer it, it you know it's it's colorful it's got spruce of orange here it's it's quite modern young looking it looks fresh uh and i thought do you know what I, I, my initial thoughts because obviously uh, we, we messaged each other before I, I managed to watch it because you watched it before I did and you were saying you know let me know your thoughts on the hotel manager so I thought maybe there was something up with her um, and 
initially I was a bit like, you do seem like you're a bit out of your depth. She'd been the manager of the Cecil Hotel for 10 years, from 2007, finishing in 2017. Uh, and she did seem to... I got the impression maybe she felt she was out of her depth almost immediately. It just had no fucking clue what she was doing. She's literally winging it from the start. Uh, but it does seem that what they did, they did relatively well. Like, you know, just the cosmetic stuff that she mentioned. Now, we had no money to, like, spruce the place up properly, so we just did a bit of cosmetics, repaint it, change a bit of decor, and it. I think she re- did relatively okay with that. I think the main issue, which does come up in the documentary, is the the living conditions for the residents. You've got residents that are paying almost next to nothing in terms of rent to live in this Cecil Hotel next door. Uh, and then that also naturally attracts... And I'm not... Uh, this is not me p- uh, bashing people in poverty and whatnot. However, there does seem to be a, some sort of link with poverty and crime. Um, and the people that are living in the Cecil Hotel, I'm sure generally a lot of them maybe are good upstanding members of society. But this does, this does seems to be... Uh, an air of criminality to a lot of the people that live there uh, and unfortunately they live in and around the hotel in various different rooms and now there also are hotel guests that want to explore the city of LA which I'm sure is absolutely lovely and now they may be put next to someone who's a drug dealer or there's some sex work going on and stuff like that so she was trying to figure a way of how to separate them which they try to figure out a way uh, residents were staying, I think, on was it one, two, and third floor? Yeah. And then it was uh, hotel guests, then and then right at the top was something else. I think it was uh, one, two, three residents, and I think it was like another three or four floors of just hotel guests, and then I think the rest of it was more residents. Yeah. Uh, and that's uh, the thing with the the um, the Cecil, because uh, the, they interviewed a guy that stayed there in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and he said the higher up you go, the worse kind of the people are, the more the mm. crime is. You want to, you don't want to go to those top levels. Reminds me of the film Dread. You seen Dread? Yeah, 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 exactly that, or um, The Raid. Yeah, The Raid, yeah. I can literally, I could, I could picture Judge Dread entering the mm. lobby of the Hotel Cecil and just sort of yeah. making his way up to the top with Mama and like taking <laughs> them all out and they're, they're throwing people off the top or putting them in tanks and shit like that. Um, you know, that, so they seem to have done a relatively okay, like the manager seems to have done a relatively okay job with separating guests from residents. However, yeah. Yeah. there's one main issue, or in fact, there are two main issues. The, the uh, Apart from the stairs uh, to get to your rooms and level and floors, there are two elevators. Now, one of them, just by default, tends to be used more by the residents. The other one tends to get used a lot more by the, the, the tourists and guests. However, that is not exclusive, and they do intermingle now and then, and it does happen. And that's where the problem somewhere lies, is that... Yeah. unfortunately the guests and the residents quite often intermingle in that sense which is not what the hotel manager wanted but it does happen no you could be there in your hotel in your on your holiday with your suitcases and what have you and you're in the lift with someone off their nut on lsd yeah uh and so once uh the hotel manager has allowed the police to have a good old look around the hotel with the uh, maintenance manager who uh, for some reason uh, i mean uh, not that there's a problem with this at all but only speaks spanish um Mm. uh so i I imagine that might have been maybe a bit difficult for the hotel manager to maybe get like understand you know what's going on with the hotel maybe because she the amount of times she's like 
there were police in the hotel and I had no idea. And I'm like, you have no mm. clue what's going on in your own hotel half the time. Yeah. Um, but so the police have had a good old search, like checked almost every nook and cranny. They've been in the room that Elisa Lam was staying in. They've looked on the roof and everything and they've got absolutely nothing. So the only other option was, well, have you got any CCTV? And it seems that the hotel doesn't have any CCTV. In fact, the only CCTV they have is in the elevator. And that's, yeah, and the that entrances the last, to the hotel. And, that, and the entrances of the hotel. And that is the only time we're able to see Elisa Lam. And in fact, is the last yeah. time we will see Elisa Lam. And, that, and, and then we go onto the famous elevator capture footage. Yeah, which... If you haven't seen it, if you haven't watched a documentary and this is your first like knowledge of this case, type into YouTube Elisa Lam lift footage and it will come up. It's about a three-minute video yeah. and it's weird. It's really, really weird and it's it's creepy as fuck. Well, I, I have it sort of... I, I tried to... Because I, I'm aware that obviously there'll be some people that haven't watched it uh, and it's, it's mm. one thing for us to just sort of say, oh, it's weird, it's creepy... Um, definitely take the time to watch it alongside us like get YouTube up on your your computer or your phone or whatever and have it on and then just be listening to us at the same time uh, but if you can't I'll sort of try to explain it a little bit so uh, this is how it sort of goes she walks into the elevator and she presses every single button on the middle column of the control panel like from top to bottom she presses every single bo- uh, button and then she's standing there relatively calmly just it almost looks like she's waiting for the lift doors to close then um she pokes her head out the elevator and she looks both left and right real real quick and then sharply she goes back into the elevator again almost like almost like she's she's seen someone she she goes into another corner like she's hiding yeah yeah she looks like it looks like maybe she's seen someone she didn't want to see and just sharply just jolted back into the elevator and she's now hiding what i'd say is around the corner that corner being the area where the control panel is where she's pushed all the buttons and it looks like she's hiding there and that's the bit that's really sort of creepy it looks now like she's scared uh and then she keeps looking outside the elevator and she's looking to her right down the corridor and then and then she starts stepping in and out of the elevator like and, a then, and again she starts pressing some more buttons acting very erratically she's like waving her hands around and it, it, it looks like she's talking like i'm i'm a i'm a handsy person when i talk I, my, like right now mm. as i'm talking my hands is just waving all over. i look like jack sparrow just waving all over <laughs> the place right and that's what she's doing so it looks like she's communicating with someone or something but the way she does it her fingers are almost like contorted and it also looks like she's reaching for something yeah yeah it's weird it's really bizarre hand movements and behavior and then finally she leaves the elevator uh and turns to the left and heads down the corridor and that is the last time that we see elisa lamb alive uh she heads out the uh, elevator turns left goes down the corridor and that's the last time and then and bear in mind as well this this entire time it's like as james said a three to four minute video the lift doors never close they're open and they Mm, stay stay open. open And then as she leaves, the lift doors close and then open again, close. The next time they open, it's now on a different level. And that's the last known footage of Elisa Lam. Mm. And that's bizarre behaviour from a lift because lifts don't do that. Yes. Yeah, it is very bizarre. But yeah, Uh, and the police got this footage and they, they combed through it. And they decided that they wanted the public to be part of the investigation and to know if anyone has any information so they released the footage 
Oh yeah, because they're stumped, aren't they? They're absolutely stumped. They they cannot fathom what the fuck is going on here. It makes no sense to them. And so they're thinking, yeah. well, you know, sometimes and there's only so far that we as a as a force can go. Uh, maybe sometimes we have to sort of think more out the box and we need help from the society that we are trying to protect so we ask the public you know what do you think so they post a video out there and that's where in my opinion this i think that's that decision is why there is a documentary now because it goes absolutely batshit fucking insane and it infuriates me yeah it goes international Mm. People all over YouTube get involved. They start analysing her Tumblr profile, mm-hmm. and then they realise that she, maybe she wasn't in the best state. She was posting things about killing herself. They find out that she had a bipolar disorder. Yeah. And um, I put here it it looked like she was on mind altering drugs that night with her behaviour. Like I've seen people on LSD and things, and the behaviour was very similar. Yeah. Now, so the the police uh, wondered themselves. Uh, if this was maybe a drug-induced state that she's in, and um, uh, because of obviously her behaviour being so erratic and irrational, um, uh, but when the documentary uh, started to like when we start seeing the as I like to call them now the super sleuths from the internet and YouTube, um, mm. uh, you know when when we start seeing them coming into the fucking documentary and they're infuriating as fuck um they mention you know on her tumblr posts that she has brought up before she has mental health issues she suffers with bipolar and depression um now as as far as i was concerned watching that footage as soon as soon as they mentioned the bipolar that to me was it i knew exactly what's going on i know exactly what's happening here right I believe what's happening is she's she's going for a manic uh, phase. Um, I don't know if James, you're very clued up with bipolar disease itself, but uh, people mm. with bipolar uh, they can experience what's called manic or mania, uh, and it's where someone who has maybe depression can go through highs and lows. With bipolar, that's almost to the extreme, and in mania, you can get symptoms such as like uh, they can be abnormally upbeat. Uh, jumpy or wired uh, they have increased activity they're very energetic uh, or they can be very agitated they can get exaggerated sense of well-being and self-confidence um, they can also have a decreased need for sleep uh, they have unusual talki- talkativeness uh, they can also have racing thoughts and very uh, a lot of distractibility but also one of the biggest symptoms as well is voices in their heads um, and as far as i was concerned looking at this footage it it made more sense than none that what's happening here is there's some girl who's bipolar going through an episode in the corridors and in the elevator and that's what we're experiencing that's what we're watching here is is her hearing voices or experiencing uh, you know visions of sorts and she's seeing things and that's why she's poking her head out maybe she's hearing stuff maybe there's someone in the corridor so she's looking and that's why she's hiding and I think that's what that is that in my opinion that's what I think that is mm. I, I think it, it would be it's just too easy to just say oh it was drugs yeah oh, she's on something yeah because as we later find out that's not the case yeah uh, can I also point sure. out for a session sure. um, I had to laugh at one point when the super internet sleuths on their YouTube channels try to claim that there was someone else there outside, just to the it's left. It's bullshit. Yeah. 
If you look at the footage, it's the back of her it's foot. It's the back of her fucking shoe. <laughs> and they're like, it's someone else. She wasn't wearing shoes. It's like, yeah, yes, she is. She actually is. <laughs> and they were like, oh, if you can see, there's a shoe there. And as she walks out the corridor and turns left, as she just goes out a shot, so does that little black thing that looks like a shoe. And it's like, yeah, because it's the back of her shoe. It's literally the heel yeah, of, the her shoe of her shoe that moves. It's, oh, it's like they jumped on it. Like absolutely jumped on it. Um, they and a lot of people became obsessed with the video oh, and became yeah. obsessed with Elisa. Yeah, and they'd post videos on it. They'd watch it thousands of times. Yeah. Um, were, some of them were calling sleuths it would then bullshit, saying that the uh, the elevator video was edited because uh, the yeah. timestamps on the bottom left of the footage was uh, blurry, blurred, or looked to be imme- like purposefully blurred, uh, and mm, and about fifty seconds of it was missing. Yeah, uh, some time was missing from it, allegedly. And also, when she leaves the elevator for the final time, uh, apparently the doors to the elevator uh, have a bit of a glitch and they they sort of, um, they jump. Like, instead of closing on a nice smooth action, uh, it's like within a second, it's moved six inches or something and then it starts closing. Mm. Uh, and there's a glitch But it's an old hotel and it's going to be old cameras, so... Oh, it's so shitty. Like, that camera's so shitty. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was Mm. glitching out. Um, And also, you know, the police later, uh, you know, divulge a bit more information as to how they do things. They're like, yeah, the timestamp was a bit blurred out. That's because it's relevant to us as as a, a police force to do so. It's not relevant for you to know the time. We're trying to, like, slow it down, maybe so that you can see who she is and maybe you can spot her in the street. Like, that's how it's useful to us. Yeah. I'm not trying to make... We're not asking you to actively find the girl. We're asking for your help in us trying to find the girl. And I think that's the problem. Yeah. A, lot of them, a lot of them got way too fucking into it and felt that it was their own personal journey to go find this fucking girl. It's so like, fuck off. You're not that important. You're not special, right? Just mm. help them out. If you know something about it, tell the police if you don't fucking leave it alone I infuriated me Mm. oh god to the point where some of them would go to the hotel themselves and retrace Elisa's steps yeah oh oh so right this 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 pissed me off I'll be honest with you it really really pissed me off right um so you've got people um turning up to the hotel um Right, so basically, I'm I'm just going to read my notes here. I'm going to read my note here, and then I'll maybe go off on it, right? So I've wrote here, uh, I'd like to take a second to acknowledge the super sleuths who come to the hotel after Elisa Lam's discovery, um, um, which we'll get onto in a second. Um, I've put that I'm I'm sure some of these people are going there to retrace her footsteps and whatnot. Uh, In fact, there's there's that dental uh, student or hygienist or whatever he is the bloke that works in the dentist uh the sort of the boarding looking bloke creepy as fuck don't Mm. like him uh he seemed to have got this like personal connection to elisa fuck off you don't know her you never met her you just read a few of her tumblr posts and you're just overly emotional um him and some other people are going to the hotel to like retrace her steps and whatnot okay okay it's a bit creepy a bit weird i can kind of understand it if you're a medium maybe like and that's what you want to do fair enough but th- the rest of them are purely going there to create content for their fucking youtube channels or to get yeah, and exactly to get that. views and whatnot and, and listen i'm not knocking it at the end of the day like 
we have a podcast in which we talk about you know people that have done some bad things people that have gone missing we've talked about loads of like negative things about people however we're not actively like trying to find someone or trying to find answers we're just telling you what people do like it's completely different so i i what irritates me is these people are trying to make this content uh, to make themselves look like they're doing something better or it really fucks me off anyway um but yeah like they're trying to rescue her or something and i'm looking at you like john lorden the man who uh, touted that she was a bioweapon brought in to spread tb to the homeless population like <laughs> fuck you fuck you and fuck all of you who like try to make like some stupid fucking conspiracy theory out of it uh do you know what this should have been a run of the week uh, we'll get onto one in later when i talk about mental health but um ah <laughs> oh, fucking infuriating that like who, who is this fucking john lorden i looked on his thing now fair dues to you mate he's got over a hundred thousand subscribers on youtube that's pretty good like i think that's a, a silver plaque for youtube well done however yeah. i haven't looked on my much of his videos but you're actively on this documentary because you you made entire content shit like you vomited content onto your youtube channel over this girl like you've made money out of this girl by telling lies about her on some occasions like the fact that you was saying oh yeah well uh, she went to british columbia university oh and british columbia university also has a tb area oh so what so what because there's a breakout of tb later on in the homeless community in skid row so then they go oh Mm. well because there was a tb unit over at british columbia university and she herself was a student at british columbia university they're fucking four she was a TB bioweapon that knew too much about herself so that the USA government had to take her out. Oh, get fucked, man. Like, you actively put out content saying that shit to lots and lots and lots and lots of people. You you are oh, irritating. What is really interesting about this, though, and I think the journalist... I really liked the journalist on this. I thought he was just, like, quite I funny. I cool. And... He he said, I don't agree with any of this, but it's fucking yeah. weird. And I thought, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. In the fact that she was seen in a bookstore earlier, um, like a few like a day or so before she went missing, buying some books. And if you look on that bookstore's website and you go to their mailing address yeah. and you put that mailing address into uh, Google Maps, Google Maps puts the pinpoint in the cemetery where Elisa Lam is buried. That's fucking weird. And also, the test, to the TB test to see whether you've got TB is called a Lam Elisa, yeah. spelled exactly the <laughs> it's same. Literally, I know, and backwards. I thought, I was sitting there and I was like, this, this is, even me, who like the most cynical of people was like, that's weird. Yeah. Like, I can, I can, I can kind of get why people got a bit like carried away with that. Oh, 100%. Because I was like, that's, in terms of coincidences, that's that's. Oh, mad. I laughed when the journalist said that he, when he was like, "Now I, I, I'm not for all this bullshit, but it's fucking weird." And I'm like, yeah, "It is fucking weird." Mm. Like there was a few moments <laughs> where you're like, "Oh god, that is that is a bit uncanny." Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. And then you have got there was a lot of things that fell John Lawton being like, uh, "There's lots of uh, synchronicities to this fucking story," and you're like, "Oh no, they're fucking in." It's just coincidences that you're finding yourself. Like you can find lots of coincidences yeah. when it comes down to it. Big coincidences, to be fair. Oh, yeah, big coincidences, coincidences. 100%. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, coincidences. Um, so, yeah, uh, putting the video out doesn't seem to... In fact, it, no, it doesn't in any way impact the case. It does not help 
the police uh, find. It makes it yeah, worse. It makes it worse. It doesn't help the police find Elisa in any way. It doesn't give them any uh, leads. So all it does is it, well, all it does is it allows uh, people that want to abuse the video, uh, John London, looking at you, um, uh, abuse that video to make content, to make money out of it, spreading lies, and then everyone else starts going fucking mental over it. Um, uh, yeah. But, so, so it doesn't. It, sorry, I'm going off on one. It doesn't help the case at all. However, what does no. is our uh, maintenance manager, um, and our, our, our maintenance manager finding, going up on the roof, um, because there seems to be an issue with the water, doesn't it, James? Mm, this is where the British couple that were staying there get involved and they say they were having a lot of problem with their water pressure like it was just trickling out the tap and it was discolored and it tasted oh, weird this is this is right now this is the bit i've heard i've heard stories that uh the water in america is full of fluoride which apparently is in like your toothpaste and whatnot it's like i don't think it's that bad for you yeah, it is right, but it's full of fluoride and it's going to kill us all and the water in america is not necessarily that good right however I mm. don't. I, like, I don't want to malign our British couple who've now stayed at uh, a bear mount. They stayed at Stay on Main. They didn't stay at the Hotel Cecil. Uh, they went and stayed at uh, mm. uh, Stay on Main Hotel. However, if when I turn on my taps, brown fucking water comes out, I'll tell you what I'm not going to do with it, James. Don't drink I'm not going to brush my fucking teeth yeah. with it. All right, I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not yeah. going to wash my hair and my hands and my ass with it. Right. When we, when we, whenever we used to go on holidays to Spain, one of the first things you do when you got you to your hotel, you went to the local spa you buy and you water. bought fucking big b- liters of fucking water, yeah. right? Because we knew it's, if you drank it's it, better now, yeah, but even, it's better now. Yeah, even even now, I still, if I'm in, um, especially Mediterranean countries, I'll buy like a massive like five liter yeah, bottle of water. Yeah. Be- and have that to like yeah, drink exactly, out of and brush like, my teeth well, with. Obviously, we, 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 we uh, as you say, you always got the trots or like you get the shits when you went on holiday for the first couple of days, right? Because you just weren't used to the water. There'd be like certain levels of uh, different types of minerals and bacteria in it mm. that's not. You, that, that's the thing. That in England, we're blessed. We are blessed with our tap water. Yeah, oh yeah, very, very clean. But then even so, when I moved to London, I refused to drink anything that wasn't through, I had, uh, hadn't gone through a filter first. <laughs> because, right, London water, this is just a little, my little aside, hard London water, water is it. shit. It's fucking hard water, it's just full of lime scale, like, That's it's still drinkable and it'll be fine. <laughs> but, but no thank you. Whereas Birmingham water, where I'm from, is, and I shit you not, this is a fact, the best water in the UK. Oh, is that right? Comes from Wales. Oh, Interesting. Really, really nice stuff, and it's shite. it's noticeably better. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, well, yeah, I tell you now, I would not be brushing my teeth or drinking the fucking water that was coming no. out of a tap as brown. So to the British uh, that... couples on there that were saying, oh, yeah, it was brown, it tasted a bit weird. Why are you fucking drinking it, even if it looks mm. brown? I don't want to know it tastes funny. You shouldn't even know that it tastes funny because it's brown. Don't go near it. Go yeah. buy a bottle of water. That should be your first, you should complain at that point. Yes, um, so that that was that was stupid, like mm. silly on you, like but, fair daft, daft, honestly daft. Like I just want. But then they water. do complain, and they get moved to a different room, and the same problem proceeds. So the hotel manager says to the maintenance guy, "Can you can you check it out?" Yeah. So he does, 
and he decides that he needs to go up to the water tanks on the roof to have a look. Mm. And there's four water tanks, and the other three are fine, hatch closed, no problem. And he goes to the water tank that's kind of at the back, that's a little bit harder to get to, and he notices, he looks inside, and he sees a body floating face up looking at him and that is Elisa Lam's body. Oh, can you imagine like discovering? You can see in his interview that he's lived with that for, he, he's never going to shake that image off of his face. He yeah. just looks so broken and I and feel he, so desperately sorry for him. And he's come across dead bodies before at the hotel, remember? Like on, I think it was at like the sixth day in for the new manager. He come up to him and was like, yeah, there's a dead body in that room. Like he's yeah. seen dead bodies yeah. before at the hotel and this one it's got to be somewhat one of the worst almost to like come across mm, because she's, she's been this... in there for about two weeks yeah and yeah her clothes she was naked and her body would have been bloated oh god yeah it was white apparently it was like white as a ghost and a yeah bit, bit, a bit, it, bit, bit bloated um the roof on the it tank wouldn't was have been pleasant and yeah yeah, yeah and uh, her clothes were at the bottom this is an important detail her clothes were at the bottom of the tank yeah yeah and she was at the top floating hmm Mm. Um, so, so yeah, he they find Elisa. Tells the manager, and they call the police, don't they? Yeah, and they they found her, and obviously then people start because this is an important detail which really fucking triggered a lot of the conspiracy theorists. And to be fair to them, at the end, that the guy you don't like, he apologised and said this was the detail that really threw me off. Oh, he did. Yeah, it he, was... he apologised. I will address that. John London, Landon, mm. whatever the fuck his name is, he apologises for doing the shit he did in in like peddling. Yeah peddling the lies he peddled however mm. i still don't like you for doing it in the first place no for sure but the detail is what in one interview a police officer is interviewed and he says the hatch of the water tank was on when they the maintenance guy goes up there however that that was a mistake it was a miscommunication and the water the, the hatch was off because people were like how the fuck could she put herself in there mm. And then close the hatch behind her. It just wasn't possible because the water level would fl- fluctuate. And once you were in, you weren't getting out. It was impossible. You could tread water until it rose, but it's not doable. Mm. So this is why people thought that she had been put in there and killed and someone had closed the hatch behind her. All of this would have been covered up if they just went to the maintenance guy. What did the hatch look like? And he would have gone, it was off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd be- it would have it would have sold everything. They were like, oh, this uh, this lid like weighed like twenty pounds or something. Now, yeah, fair enough, twenty mm. pounds is heavy, but it's not like it's not immovable. You can still pick it up. Like even someone mm. who's not got much like I don't know, muscles or is not very strong can lift a twenty something that's worth twenty pounds. It might be a bit of a struggle, but they can yeah. lift like twenty pounds. So even the idea of the roof lid being on still wasn't out of the ordinary for me. Because there's no reason why, like, I'm not being funny, James, but, like, you ever been, like, in a swimming pool um, and, like, you're hanging on to the edge, like, to the to the edge of the pool? Yeah. Like, you yeah. can pick yourself up quite easily because you don't weigh so much. So, like, there's no mm. reason why, like, I, as far as I was concerned, like, she could put half in the water, picking herself up, like, on the roof of the, the hatch where she was in. And I don't know why she couldn't maybe have dragged the roof over or whatnot mm, yeah so that to me even then i was like well you know it's still possible it's still possible yeah definitely uh, still possible and i think the main the main well the, the key part bit of evidence that they missed or ignored and refused to believe was that she had um some serious mental health issues um 
and and i believe that that was how she was able to do the thing she did like even if she even if she had put the, the lid on as it was being potentially reported i believe that in a in a in a manic phase she maybe could have done that she could have i think she could have yeah i don't definitely. think it's out of the ordinary so her body goes off for autopsy naturally um the autopsy results come back a long time after and there's yeah. no evidence of sexual assault um there's no drugs in her system nope. but this is the important part the toxicology results there are no illegal drugs in her system however they looked at her medication records of things that she had to take for her bipolar depression um and things and they found out that there was a lack of drugs in her system yeah yeah so the, which is huge she, she's not she's not taking her medication properly if if at all yeah she's just not taking her her medication that is being used to control her bipolar and depression yeah yeah for sure but before this sorry i'll skip something this is really important there was a man named uh pablo vaguera and he has an online presence called morbid where he does death metal music and i won't lie his videos are fucking weird scary and even he says i take it too far sometimes he looks creepy morbid he was at the hotel in February 2012, yeah. one year before Elisa was there. However, ev- I was going to say everyone, a lot of internet sleuths and people on the internet decided that he was there at the time and he was the murderer. Yeah. They just decided it over the internet and they began hounding him, yeah. saying, you've killed her, you've killed her, we're going to kill you, you're going to get what's coming to you, oh. to the point where it drove him suicidal. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and Morbid, as his stage name suggests is a rather morbid kind of guy. He he likes mm. he likes morbid things. He's a death metal musician from Mexico uh, and because he dresses rather differently to a lot of people and makes music that many people would consider to be not music, he must be the murderer. He must be the man who yeah. killed her. There's absolutely no evidence in any way to suggest one he was even there at the time. Yes, he was at that hotel, but as I said it was like not at the time that she was there. Uh, so yeah. there's no like link there and just because he makes death metal music and they're like uh, it must be him it must be him and honestly the, the abuse the abuse that that guy Pablo gets is absolutely yeah. obscene to the I point where he wants so, to kill they interviewed himself him. horrendous yeah felt so sorry for him and at the end he was like obviously I've made it through but cyberbullying is a real issue yeah 100% so if you don't have just even if you have evidence of it don't be a prick to someone over the internet it's just yeah, it, it, you never know the effect it's going to have on the person on the other side. You could like your comment, which you think is just like a five-second comment for you, could be the tipping point of pushing someone over the edge. I mean, it, it, so. it's, it's a wider, it's a wider conversation, particularly in in the UK at the yeah. moment with um, uh, the racial abuse that footballers get um, yeah, online. Um, it, it's huge, man. Like, I, 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 there's a theory, maybe like some of my own, that social media shows humans for who they really are. Um, like we just we sort of we mentioned they, they can it. Hide. Yeah, we mentioned it with Diogenes uh, episode. Like, go check out Diogenes episode. Like, that's a that's a throwback. Um, check out the Diogenes episode. We mentioned uh, Plato's allegory of the ring, uh, which is later on mm. used in the Lord of the Rings. This ring makes one invisible, and then the the uh, the philosophical the philosophical argument uh, or sort of thing to talk about there there and then is that if a human is unchecked and unwatched. Uh, would they sort of behave differently and the theory is that maybe yes they would uh, then Mm. bow down to their 
natural desires. They'd do those horrible things. They'd steal. They'd do other things that they probably wouldn't do if they're being observed. And that that ring in our world now is the internet. The internet is where you can be invisible and you can do and say what you like and be what you want to be. And most people are dickheads. Unfortunately so. So yeah, Morbid was innocent. He had all the evidence to prove he was innocent. Leave the bloke alone. Yeah, we'll also point out this is pretty pretty much episode three territory of just YouTubers being YouTubers. Um, Yeah. Just spouting absolute shit. Um, and, and yeah, they show a lot of ruining them, other people's lives. Yeah, they show a lot of them over and over again. Like, yeah, ruining someone's life, uh, just touting lies constantly. Like, oh, we heard this, or we heard that, or oh, I have a theory about this. I have a theory about that. It's like, yeah, but your theory is based on fuck all. So stop talking about mm, shit. You've just decided to get views. Just trying to get Correct. views and trying to anyway. make content. So that's episode three. Leave episode three alone. Ignore it. Go straight to episode four. <laughs> yeah. So, Elisa had a lack of medication in her in her body she was supposed to take four types for things like bipolar and antipsychotics antidepressants and um a little bit prior to her vanishing she went to a recording of a tv show uh, in la because that's what happens in la and um she was erratic and she wrote a big rambling letter to the host and the security decided that she was potentially a threat so they removed her from the from the studio and in the hotel she would leave notes for the guests she'd lock them out of communal rooms mm. um, when she got there she was sharing a room with two of the girls and they complained that she was being a bit strange and they, they wanted her gone so she was relocated to a single room um, she'd walk down to the uh, lobby and start shouting things and then just going back up to her room and obviously at this point in at the end the um family file a, a lawsuit against the hotel being like you had a bigger claim of responsibility over her but the hotel manager to be fair to her says if we call the police what they're going to do we're in the middle of skid row and you're going to the police aren't going to come for somebody shouting something in a lobby yeah yeah we've we have people being murdered here like this is nothing compared to what we're used to and i thought that's fair yeah i mean there was a police officer that you've said seen so it. much shit someone someone shouting in a lobby is just another day yeah the poli- there was a police officer that said like they got a call from the cecil hotel like every day with something yeah like just something be it like a domestic argument or someone's just wandering around naked or something like that like they got a call like every yeah. day at least twice so like yeah, someone yeah. Not, one someone else is running around screaming and shouting at the lobby, and it's like yeah, 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 get on with it, move on. Yeah, so people quickly realised that to carry her body, if it was foul play, to carry her body up to the water tank would have been impossible because they would have had to squeeze through a tight gap yeah. and uh, climb up a ladder with her body. And even though she was light. It, it it's not doable no it's just not possible no and this is the bit so it raises the how did she get to the roof so there are two there are two ways of getting to the roof aren't there james there's the the there's yep. a door at the top of the building which is easily accessible like you can get there however the door is supposedly alarmed uh and when you open the door unless you have the key it sets off an alarm down in the lobby however a youtuber does say later on in the documentary that when they went there they managed to open the door and nothing happened so um yeah. uh, there is an argument to suggest you know maybe she did go up that way and it or uh youtubers later on go there making content uh they find like food up 
on the roof cigarettes that have been burnt out so maybe people mm. are going up there and smoking hanging out on the roof things like that maybe people are doing that maybe that alarm is yeah. not working and i would argue it's not um yeah and the other option of getting up to the roof is um via an escape uh route on the side of the building this is a weird thing in america we don't see that in, this in the uk uh on the sides of buildings like just ladders and railings as as a fire, mm, escape. fire escape yeah and I, that's bizarre because i would say that's more dangerous um because it's easy access to your room yeah, yeah honestly right i remember what uh being a kid watching like some american program where like the boy climbs up the ladder and he's knocking on the window of the girl that he likes and then she's like hanging out the mm. window like it's romeo and juliet and i'm not no that's creepy as fuck that's really mm. creepy like anyone could just come up to your window at night and just like you're just sat in your bed like watching netflix and some like creepy git high on lsd or whatever, so knocking at your fucking window and let me in by the hair of my chinny chin chin like mm. no go away oh that's weird yeah. anyway uh yeah big so it turns issue. out this this window uh is just off left to the elevator right i.e from the camera angle that we see elisa lamb as you walk out the elevator turn left go down that corridor there is a window and outside that window is the fire escape and that, that fire escape leads you to the ladder a ladder takes you onto the roof now that ladder is uh, it's a lot it's a lot more dangerous there's no railings there's nothing if you fall to stop you falling to your death so they were saying well it can't be the way she got up there because that's too dangerous and it's like yeah but people used to use that route so that would make sense but now because it's dangerous she'd never take that route um so they, they were like, no, it can't be that. She wouldn't have gone that way. And you can't get to the roof via the door without setting off the alarm. Therefore, it must be someone in the hotel who has done this. So then it brings on to, as you mentioned, James, someone carrying her or taking her up to the roof. Again, um, the door must have been alarmed. So they wouldn't have been able to get through there without turning off, without turning off the alarm beforehand. So the other option would have been to have carried her up on their shoulder, climbing up a ladder, which would have been incredibly hard to do. And then also climbing up the ladder to the water tanks to dump her in the water tank, which again, they the police concluded as being almost impossible to do, right? However, the super sleuths on YouTube are like, uh, no, no, it is definitely possible. She was definitely fucking murdered. And it's like, no, you want her to have been murdered because that's what you've been talking about. Um, and it, mm. it sort of alludes to like this issue that we have in the. It's not an issue. Like at the end of the day, like we are as a species, we're fascinated with true crime. We absolutely love it. Like there's a reason why our episodes on the nasty people james do significantly better than the ones who have done nicer things yeah. in the world right there's a reason why that does a lot better because we're just more interested in people that have done some nasty shit like because it's something that we don't mm-hmm. do do you know what i mean we're fascinated by the things that we couldn't do ourselves like i mean arguably dashraf manji is a different one eat the bloke carved the man pathway for a man in i ain't gonna do that tomorrow so that story is more interesting <laughs> right but like I don't know, saving a cat from a tree is not as an interesting story to tell as someone who like skinned her husband alive. Do you know what I mean? Like that one's more interesting. So I think YouTubers like it makes more content. It's more interest, more juicy that someone else is involved. It's not juicy to just say she did it herself. That's not that's not interesting to them. 
Yeah, for sure. They want her to have been murdered, which is really fucked up. They want her to have been murdered. So almost at almost every instance where the police say, uh, no, we don't believe it was this. It makes no sense. Uh, we believe it wasn't this. It wasn't that. The YouTubers were like, oh, it's a conspiracy. It's a cover-up. They're covering it up. They're covering it up. It's like, no, it's it's kind of their jobs to sort of eliminate the bullshit. And that's what they're doing. And you're yeah. still peddling it. And the official cause of death on the autopsy was accidental drowning and her bipolar disorder having a big effect on this. So the events of what really happened is she took, she, she didn't take her meds. Uh, she began having manic episodes. She began seeing things and she sort of lost herself a little bit and her mental health issues took over. Um, she found herself in the lift and that's why you see the video. And then she made her way up to the roof, probably via the fire escape because that's where her scent gets lost yep. by the dogs. Uh, yep. She climbs onto the water tank and maybe she wanted to hide in the tank from something she yep. was hiding from. So she gets in and then she realises that she's she's trapped and she tries to tread water to survive. Um, she mm-hmm. takes her clothes off because they're weighing her down and eventually, as you would, hypothermia would set in and you just lose the ability to tread water for that long and she drowns. And that is unfortunately what happened to Elisa Lam. And in... I completely in agree. The... The social media people and the sleuths and that, they've been knobheads the whole way through. But in fairness to most of them, at the end, they do come and say, okay, that is what has happened. The, the, the evidence points to that where you got it wrong. Yeah, no, nah, still don't like them. Still don't like them. But, no. uh, and you know, right, so th- th- this will be my, uh, my rant. So uh, cue the rant music. When the autopsy came out, that it was an accidental death. So, so the autopsy was inconclusive for a very long time, uh, ma- yeah. mainly because they'd done a toxicology report. There was no drugs in her system. There was no like uh, scenes of malplay, uh, foul play. Sorry, like no, no, like uh, contusions on the body or anything like that. It was it, her body was relatively like absolutely fine, uh, and the only thing they had was that her medication levels were lower than what they ought to have been, considering how like her her, her situation. Um, but because they didn't want to. They wanted to make sure that what they had was it was conclusive, like they could actually say, right, this is what we think, because there were some issues for them. So they delayed the autopsy coming out. And then the YouTubers went fucking mental again. Like people on the internet went absolutely fucking mental again. Oh, it's con- it's a conspiracy. They're hiding something. They're actively stopping us from finding out what's going on. It's like, no, they're actively just trying to do their job and do it properly. And then when the autopsy came out and said it was an accidental death due to her bipolar, that still wasn't enough for them because it's not the narrative that they want. Yeah. You know? And and I think that, that what really fucks me off more is is it's just the way that that, that that they sort of they didn't want to believe that it was her mental health that was the issue and that what caused her to die because that's not something they can understand. And because they can't understand it, it cannot possibly be this. It's what I believe it to be, what I want it to be, and that's what fucks me off. And that's what really, and that's where sort of my, where my rant is is coming from, right? So, um, her Tumblr showed that she had thought about suicide multiple times, right? She she's written quite openly about her mental health journey, about her bipolar, about how depression sucks, uh, her highs, her lows, and uh, she's talked about suicide on a couple of times. Uh, and she's like, if I can just get through today, tomorrow's going to be better, that kind of thing, right? So she has a history of it. Um, and uh, a- acknowledging it, uh, acknowledging that she suffers with it, but also acknowledging that she really wished that she didn't live with it 
on occasions uh she she didn't seem to be comfortable uh in the knowledge that she'd be taking tablets for a prolonged mm-hmm. period of time potentially the rest of her life and and and, and th- again sorry this is where the rant comes from this is very very personal to me right so i completely understand where this feeling comes from right so um you know i'm someone who has suffered with uh, 10 years now depression right i deal with it every day right uh, and when i was diagnosed i had to i had to sit like i almost couldn't understand what was going on and then it took me a long time to figure out what was going on in my own head uh, for me to be able to live with it i was put on tablets for a long time um and i i found it difficult to acknowledge that okay this is now my life because the way i saw it it was an add-on it's not something i had before therefore it's something i can just deal with and get rid of um and that took me a long time to realize maybe that's not the case right and in fact i had to deal with this issue of people not understanding it within my own family it took a little while for my own family to kind of get an understanding of what i am dealing with in fact i had to have my own doctor explain to them in as plain as terms as possible what's going on with me like what kind of things am i experiencing and dealing with because it wasn't good enough for me to say i needed a, a doctor to actively tell them you know um so i can understand where this this frustration for her came from and then and then people online were doing it to her uh, with uh, and that oh, there's that dentist man who the dentist guy who has said how he felt so close to her like a sister that he'd lost a sister fuck off because he's then i read almost all of her tumblr posts and it's like yeah but then when they were talking about how it was her bipolar that maybe there's a thing that killed her you didn't want to believe it so you didn't give a shit about her did you you know um i think she she put it she put it perfectly herself in one of her tumblr posts she wrote when someone tells you they have depression don't ask them why and that's exactly what that youtube community super sleuth internet people did they asked why Hmm. because when they said oh it was her bipolar they went what why they did exactly the thing that she didn't want them to do and that that's what really fucks me off is that like i said earlier when i watched the elevator footage like it was clear as day this is a girl who is suffering this is a girl who is clearly having an episode like a mania episode she's she's having symptoms they're going kind of crazy at the moment and i don't use that as like a derogative term i just mean that as in like they're just kind of going all over the place right um and she's having she's having an episode right no one helps her and then yes she gets out the elevator she's probably trying to get away from something or hide from something that she's she's having visions or the voices in her head are telling her that something's chasing her and she thought that was the best option climb up the ladder get to the roof get away and then hide in the tank and then obviously it it went wrong and that's where she died um and i just think it's so unfair to you know take that away from her like that, that's how she died don't oh, i don't know it's, it's hard to explain james i'm sort of going around in a circle here <laughs> yeah yeah i get you um but, but yeah it's infuriating it is it is indeed it, it was a, a sad tragedy which took her life and the internet as it does with most things just made it a hell of a lot worse so yeah man i mean like but, I, I completely understand like why she stopped taking her meds as well like she this is a girl who openly on her on her tumblr was saying how like she just feels in a bit of a rut she's just at home just existing she's just existing yeah. and she wants to she wants to like feel something and try something new and experience life as maybe it ought to be experienced so that's why she goes traveling and then that's why she's like you know what i'm feeling good 
I'm going to stop taking my meds. And I did exactly the yeah. same thing. I did exactly the same thing when I was on my meds for so many years. I just had to just come off them because I was like, I'm feeling in a better place now. And I and I and I I started to and I maybe I don't know maybe she thought the same maybe she thought something similar. I started to question what was my own reality was I was on medication that was making me feel better, making me feel normal in air quotes. Mm. And then I started to question what was normal, you know? Um, am I supposed to feel like this normally? So I, I, I frequently would just come off of my own medication just to see if I could cope with it. And inevitably, I'd just have a relapse, you know? <laughs> because yeah. I needed yeah. to be on them for a reason. But they, they numb you out almost. They numb you out to the point where you just feel like you need, you need to feel something. You need to, if, even if like, even if it's awful and crushing, I just need to feel something for a while. And I imagine maybe she felt like that and was like, you know what? I could deal with it. I'll, I'll ride it out. And it, obviously, she couldn't. Hmm. And then we have it. The case of Elisa Lam. Open and closed. Yeah. Yeah. Now that was it. Case closed, wasn't it? Yeah. It's um that that's what, what it was. A bipolar. She had an episode, she went onto the roof, she got in the tank and it was just accident. She she drowned in there. Like it's sad, yeah. man. It's it's awful and yeah, fair enough to all the fucking YouTubers and super sleuths on the internet afterwards apologizing and saying that they feel sorry for her and whatnot and I was like, oh, sod off, oh, fuck off, I don't care, I don't care, yeah. I couldn't give a shit about how you feel about the whole experience, like that again, I'll refer to him again, that fucking one dentist bloke, saying how he got a friend, or got someone in British Columbia, to like, have a live link, or film one or the other, film themselves going to her her grave in the cemetery, just so he could get closure, fuck off, I hate him, I don't like you. <laughs> Really, that really wound yeah. me up. I'll be honest with you. That really wound me up. <laughs> I was like, "How dare you? Like, how actually? How dare you?" <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Yeah, it was interesting. It's interesting. It's case closed for me. Like, that's been that's been um, uh, an internet myth mystery for a long time now. Yeah, and I'm glad it's sort of had a, a chapter shut. Yeah, it needed it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at, if you could rate it out of ten, what would you say the documentary was? Oh, uh, probably about a five. I thought they, it, it, they just went over the same points again and again. It did, didn't it? It didn't need to be four hours. It really did sort of hit. It hit the same points many, many times. Mm. It's like, yeah, I know you. You mentioned yeah. that two episodes ago. <laughs> Christ. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit, bit underwhelming. Mm. Well, I think I start to wrap up now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Uh, if 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 you guys have watched it, um, if you'd like to let us know what your thoughts were on the episode um, or on the series, sorry, let us know. Uh, send us a message. Um, oh, shout out to Michael from Chicago, by the way. Hi, Michael. Um, oh yeah, he's been very helpful with the uh, messages and things. It's nice that people get in touch. So yeah, um, so yeah, get in contact with us. Like we've 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 mentioned before on the pod, we've mentioned Rowan before. Like and um, yeah, we've uh, been chatting to Michael recently. So hi, Michael. Uh, it's good to um, good to good to have you on board. Um, but yeah, no. Um, if you have watched uh, the documentary and you'd like to tell us what your thoughts were on it, uh, hit us up tell us how you get on with that you can find our social media pretty much everywhere now um just type in that's wpd almost anywhere on your social media and you'll find us now which is pretty cool you don't have to go searching for it properly uh, we're big time hey eh? we're big time now yeah we're, we're, we're big worldwide. time we're massive <laughs> <laughs> um yeah 
I always, I always, I, I always, I, do you know what? We've been doing this, we mentioned earlier. It would be two years uh, this year, and I'm still shit at wrapping mm. up episodes. I'm still really bad at it. Um, follow us on the social media. <laughs> get in contact with us if you'd like to. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know who we're talking about next week. Uh, no, it's my episode, isn't it? Um, oh, I, I have no clue. No. Who knows? I don't even know. <laughs> but the week after, uh, I, uh, the week after we have for definite, the week after we're talking about Karen Matthews and the abduction of her daughter, Shannon Matthews. So that will be in two weeks' time. Um, Why do I recognise that name? I've, I've mentioned her on the pod before, uh, but also it was very, very famous right. in 2008. I think I, I think I gem, I think I know the gist of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, so we have that coming soon as well. Um, if you'd like to at all help the podcast grow, uh, we do take donations on our Kofi page. You can find us on www.ko-fi.com forward slash. That's what people do. Or on our social media, there is literally a link tree. You click on that, it will take you right to all of our links, and you can find our donate page there. That would be very, very helpful. And again, thank you to everyone who has donated uh, to the pod. It's much appreciated. It will help the podcast grow. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it, I believe. Anything else mm-hmm. to add? Um, just don't be a dickhead to people over the internet, I think, is the moral of this story. Yeah, yeah, don't be a dickhead. Like, you know, I listen, listen, we all know the establishment is corrupt. We all know that, right? And there is a time and a place for calling it out and having a go at it and being disbelieving this was not one of them uh, believe them that what Alisa Lamb is not spreading TB she's not spreading TB <laughs> it's not happening anyway uh, yeah thank you very much for listening everyone uh, let us know what you thought of the documentary and join us next week we'll see you then goodbye goodbye goodbye